let me know. Two, one, boom. Hey there, Business Bros Nation. Welcome back to another episode. We're going to bring you strategies and insights today on how to supercharge your business. The game, uh, your, your, sorry, how to supercharge your business game. I'm your host, Ternancias. Today's show, we're going to talk about your sales game and taking that to the next level. So let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you. And welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Picture this, you're a super sales star, but you're constantly searching for that extra edge to close deals faster and build those invaluable customer connections. Well, today we've got an expert to help you out. Our guest is the CEO of Yesware, a company revolutionizing sales productivity and boosting conversion rates. He's got the know-how to navigate the world of sales like a pro and is here to share his wisdom with you. Before we jump into the interview, I want to thank, I want you all to think about this. Are you struggling to strike that perfect balance between automation and personalization in your sales efforts? Ever wonder how to make your emails more engaging and responsive? Well, then stick around because you're about to get answers. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show a true sales and marketing expert, someone who knows how to get results and wants to help you do the same. It's it's time to turn your sales machine up a notch. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Stevenson. All right, Joel, thank you very much for coming on the show. Let's turn that fire off, man. Welcome. How you doing? Doing well, dude. Doing well. Let's get to let's get this this show on the road, my friend. Um, well, I'm gonna start off. We're having all kinds of little technical difficulties. Don't worry about that. We'll just we'll just keep going from there. Let's start off at the beginning, man. What do you do for a living? How do you help people uh, get to where they want to go? Everybody who comes on the show is selling something. What is it that you do for a living? What do you sell? Yeah, Yesware is a is a sales tool. It lives inside of your inbox and. It helps you be more productive. It helps to save time. It helps you get more information to improve your sales process. It's you know sort of built uh, by salespeople for salespeople to, to to be able to do more. All right, it lives in your inbox. So is it like a is it AI? Is it like a CRM? Like walk me through that. Yeah, it's um it it's it's neither of those exactly. Although it it can benefit from both. It's. It, it lives inside of either your Gmail or your inbox. And so think about or your outlook. So think of it as sort of taking, you know, your plain vanilla Gmail and making it uh, more attuned to what you would need to, to have it do as a salesperson. So having access to things like who opened your emails immediately when they open it, um, having, uh, you know, context sensitive menus that help you insert templates when you need to, uh, being able to put strings of email communications together uh, to, to drive a, a follow-up sequence, all kinds of stuff like that. And then if you have something like a Salesforce, what we'll do is we'll take all of that email activity that you've generated and we'll passively sync it into uh, the, the CRM so you don't have to do that. That way you have all the communication in one spot, which is vital in sales because there's oftentimes where you'll have a gap between the last time you had a conversation with a 
particular prospect and you want to know exactly where you left off. You want to know what was the last conversation you had so that you can just kind of go from there. It kind of enhances that relationship. If you remember what their kids were doing, what the last thing you were talking about, well, the, the, their problems or issues they were having in their company. And what you're saying is your program. Yes. Where it kind of helps facilitate that. All that stuff. Yep. Awesome, man. Okay. Well, uh, who's the target audience here? Who are you going after? Who's this, uh, who's the benefit, who's going to benefit from Yesware? Yeah, it's going to be anybody that is in what I would sometimes call a sales orientation. And so it may be that you're, you have a, a title of, you know, some sales title, like account executive, but you could be a realtor. You could be an entrepreneur that has to do a lot of, um, his or her own selling it, but it, it's somebody that is really working in, in a full cycle. So you do some prospecting, you do some closing, you might do some post-sales support, like all of those things. And for you, um, you, you, you spend a lot of time in your inbox. And so context switching between a bunch of stuff is costly. And so we try to bring everything there so that you can be sort of maximally productive. So it, it's, you know, it, it, we have big businesses that use it. We have thousands of users at some companies, and then we have lots of individuals that just use it for themselves. Dude, I spend so much time in my inbox. It's ridiculous. I, I have this issue with like uh, notifications that <laughs> when they're there, I got to get them cleared out. Is this going to help me kind of clear out my inbox so I don't have, you know, a thousand unread messages? Uh, it can. I mean, I you know, one of the things that that Yesware does is it gives you some insight into who's engaging with your emails. And so what, what it can do is help you prioritize what to do with a sort of an overcrowded inbox. And so you can get a sense of, you know, very quickly, uh, what, in, what emails have the most engagement and where you might want to start to spend your time initially uh, from a sales perspective. And, you know, you handle those first and then maybe you can get to the other ones that eventually work your way down to, to inbox zero. I always, uh, I always learn there's three, the three D's that you should do with an email. You should either do it, delegate it, or delete it. One of those three things every single time. Otherwise, they're going to stack up and, and be stuck there for quite some time. Uh, let me ask you about your educational journey. Uh, yeah. What was your path like? You, you're, you're here now. You have your own company. You're, you're in the tech space. What was your background as far as education is concerned? What does someone need to be able to get to the same uh, level as you or be able to use the tools that you have? Yeah. I mean, well, I was, you know, first generation college in my family. Um, I went and I just got a, a undergraduate degree in, in business from the university of Illinois. Um, I then start my, started my career in sales. I worked in a few different companies and then kind of lived through the dot-com boom and, and bust. And, um, that presented me with a little bit of a crossroads and, I decided to go back and get my MBA. So I went and I did my MBA at Yale and uh, tried there to be do things that were a little bit more quantitative. Um, I had a finance concentration there. And then right after Yale, I went and did some consulting. Eventually got pulled back into the startup universe. Uh, I worked for a, a small company in Chicago. And then I ended up working at uh, this company called csnstores.com, which eventually became Wayfair, which a lot of people know about. And I was there for, for seven and a half years. And then eventually... Um, made my way over to Yesware, uh, which is a, sort of a, a story in and of itself. But yeah, I think it, you know, I, I started in started in sales, and then eventually, you know, added some other pieces to that puzzle to have, uh, you know, maybe a war, more well-rounded background, if you will. So uh, formal education kind of pushes you into kind of a, a sales kind of perspective. You went back to school, you got your MBA, you were focused on finance. 
but then you still became an entrepreneur. Like what, what was that story like? How did you get started as an entrepreneur? I mean, you, you started in sales and I know in the sales space, there's a lot of different opportunities for huge revenue streams. If you're, if you're good at sales, um, but if you're going to be in business, you kind of have to be good at sales plus a lot of other stuff. Why become an entrepreneur? How'd you get started there? Yeah, well, it's I actually didn't found yes where it, it it's sort of an interesting uh, story of how I got here. So I was at Wayfair, and the last thing that I did at Wayfair was I started this B two B business or division inside of the company. So we were selling to uh, think of you know normally you, you you think of Wayfair as a consumer company, but we had salespeople that were selling to interior designers and contractors and builders, people that would come back and buy and buy and buy and. We grew that from, I started it and then I sort of left it. I came back to it. And, and in the last two years I was there, we took it from 100 million in revenue to 400 million in revenue. Um, this is pretty incredible. But, you know, eventually Wayfair just got a little bit too big for me. Um, and I, I realized I liked that kind of that earlier stage, you know, more, more of the entrepreneurial type stuff. We had an investor in Wayfair that was also an investor in Yesware. Um, they were looking for uh, potentially a new leader to come in and, and change some things up. And so I went from kind of a, a buyer of, of sales tech, who spent a lot of time and effort on using sales technology to drive sales productivity uh, at, at Wayfair. And so to go from a buyer of that tech to a seller of that tech was pretty neat. Um, and so that that that's really how I got there, um, was having an interest in the space and then knowing some people that um, that were investors in that space and then, and then got an opportunity to, to try it out. You've been able to talk to and work with uh, a lot of these startup entrepreneurs. You've, you've been able to kind of work on the VC side as far as knowing some people on the VC side to, to kind of understand how, how businesses need to operate in order to get some of this capital or to even grow or scale their company. I mean, taking Wayfair from 100 million or that division of Wayfair from 100 million to 400 million is not an accident. You you have systems and processes in place and you're able to develop some of these salespeople to get you in that position. If you were going to give some advice to someone who's just starting out as an entrepreneur today um, and knowing what you know now, especially when it comes to growing and scaling a business, what advice would you give to them who, when they're getting started in a in kind of a different time, this is a very digital space now, less and less retail, more and more AI. What advice would you give someone getting started today? Yeah, well, I think the, the biggest, you I mean, you really just have to start. I think this hasn't maybe changed so much, but you've got to start from a place of understanding your customer and like, what did it, what is it that your customer really needs and how are you going to uniquely solve that problem. Once you get to that, then there's sort of this period of experimentation where you're putting different things into the market, you're changing your 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 packaging, you're changing your your pricing, you're you're trying all this different stuff. You're trying to get stuff to work. Eventually you hopefully get to a place where things start to work and they start to click. And that's where then you really have to start to invest in sort of your you know you might call it an analytical infrastructure or a digital infrastructure, but all the, you know, all the sort of the the controls or, or readouts or, you know, you think about like a cockpit and a plane or something like all the things that you need to know. So you understand like where the plane is heading um, and where you're trying to go. And, and you mentioned that, you know, things are more and more digital now. And like, that's pretty much true everywhere. I mean, e-commerce is extremely digital and extremely measurable. And that was one of the most exciting things about Wayfair is we had so much data that as soon as you change something, you could see it you could see the, the response right away. And, and I think traditionally people have thought of sales as not very 
digital, but the reality now is that sales is also effectively fully digital in most cases because most of your meetings are happening on the phone, which you can record and digitize, or they're happening in a, on a Zoom, which you can record and digitize. Um, all your email is already digital. And so we have this massive digital footprint of what's going on in the selling process. And if you have the right tools to help you understand that, uh, that uh, you know, what's happening in that process, then you can just go back to the original scientific method and test and iterate your way to getting things better and better and better. And that's, that's kind of how you have to approach it. But you need to, you need at least, I think, a little bit of a signal to start uh, that, that you're kind of on the right path. Yeah, it's it's uh, that that first part where you're talking about, like kind of figuring out what your packaging is, what your labeling is. It's a lot of test and trial and error and trying to understand what your customer is actually looking for. Uh, and there's there is going to be a lot of mistakes that are made at that point until you finally get that point where it's clicking. And then you can start looking at different data points to kind of grow that. I, I 100 percent agree with you. What were some of those big mistakes you made early on that you think people can kind of avoid or learn as a lesson from the mistake that you've made? Yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't have enough time in the show to talk about all the mistakes I've made, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think um, for some of them, you know, I oftentimes, I mean, I think the, the reality is oftentimes the mistakes end up being people mistakes and, uh, you know, especially as you're trying to grow and scale a business, you can't do it yourself. And so like one mistake that people often make that I've definitely made is like, you just try to do it all yourself is kind of like a, a, your, your own personal, um, people mistake, but then you, you know, you eventually you figure out you can't do that and you, you bring in a team to help you. And, you know, that, that's where, uh, that, that can be a challenge either because, you haven't given people clear direction or you've brought in people that don't have the requisite skill sets or when you're really going through that kind of hyperscale phase, what ends up happening is um, it just uh, it just makes it more and more difficult for people to scale to the next level because they've never done those things before. And sometimes people can do it, but oftentimes um, people because they've never just seen those things before you you're off. You can many times be better off getting somebody else that has that experience. It's not a, there's no, you know, hard and fast rule for this, but you, you sometimes can, you know, you get, at least I, I, I try to be loyal to people and I really like, you know, people and I have a hard time sort of saying like, like I, I sort of believe the person can do it versus saying like, Oh, you know, actually we'd be better off if this person worked for somebody else that was more experienced or could, and can learn from. So there's that, that is where I find uh, many of the scaling process problems start is, is really with either with, with your own personal beliefs or the team that you've got working with you. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to manage people. Um, I mean, literally I have 30 high school seniors and getting them to do some stuff sometimes is, is difficult because it's, not that they're incapable. It's just oftentimes they're not willing. And I imagine working with adults and salespeople, there are a lot of type A personalities and there's things that they're willing to do and things that they're not willing to do. And there's processes that you're trying to implement and put in place. So managing people and putting people in the right seat, that can be difficult to do, especially when the company's scaling as well. So you have other systems and processes you're managing on top of people you're managing. Those can be huge mistakes uh, along the way. What is it that you think, um, your company does best? What is it that like, if you can identify the one thing, this is the reason why people pay us the big bucks. What is it that your company does really well? Yeah, we, you know, we, we just, we integrate very nicely into people's existing workflow. So, you know, you, you can, 
you know, you can go today and start a free trial of Yesware and you can be up and running in like 30 minutes and getting and getting benefit and productivity value. And that's what I think people like about us the most. And when we, you know, when we tend to win over our competitors, it's because we are just the easiest for people to use and, and get value out of. It doesn't take, you know, weeks of implementation um, and, you know, corporate governance and all this stuff. You don't necessarily need a giant team supporting you to do it. Like you can just you can just show up and start getting value right away. And that that's that's where we tend to win is uh, is for people that don't have a lot of time necessarily to, to learn a complicated tool. They just need it. They just need to get a little bit better. Yeah, they're already kind of uh, oftentimes feel like they're they're Mickey Mousing a lot of their systems in place anyways, right? They have one thing that manages their inventory. They have another one that manages their customers. They have another one that manages their HR. And it's it, being able to integrate into those things smoothly. It's getting easier with a lot of technology and with a lot of mm -hmm. AI software. The integration is definitely getting easier. But if you can come in and kind of seamlessly get into what, what the organization is already using, that is definitely a win. You have any uh, case studies or stories that kind of explain that? I think I think in the in the best way possible because I've always I've always heard this from salespeople that facts tell stories sell. So any uh, any good case studies there? Yeah, I mean we we have some on the website that that you can read about. I mean I think to me the most powerful thing is that we've had I think probably thirty plus companies at this point that have started to use Yesware in their early days and have gone on to be publicly traded companies. Um, so you think about, you know, Yelp and uh, Groupon, Twitter, Monday.com, uh, Flywire uh, here in Boston, like the list goes on. And and so, the, you know, to me, what you can see those customers do is they adopt Yesware at a point when they're pretty early on and they're like trying to figure out that repeat, that repeatable scalable motion. They use Yesware to figure that out. And then they use Yesware to then implement that over time. And then as their team grows from, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 100, like it, it just, it grows, it grows with them. And that that's what we've seen uh, some of these companies be able to do is that once you, especially if you're selling into, into the smaller business market, having that, that, measurable, repeatable, scalable sales process is a, is a big key to success. Scalability is all about repetition, consistently showing the same result over and over again. And I, I feel like that's, that's kind of what you're describing here. Once you have that process in place, uh, not only is your company scalable, but yes, where is there to help scale and grow with the company as it, as it grows. And those are some pretty big names Groupon. Uh, I mean, it, those, the names that you mentioned for, for the companies that grew up that are now publicly traded from the go from where they were at the beginning, thinking about how do I grow my company to being publicly traded companies? That's a huge, uh, improvement for those companies. I, I love it. Um, what are you struggling with today? Like if, if you could, if you could kind of identify the things that you were doing really well, I feel like every company is also looking at things that they want to improve upon. What is it that your company's trying to improve upon today to make better? Yeah, I would, I would say right now we we do have quite a bit of focus on how we're going to leverage AI into Yesware. We have some initial tests where you can you can generate some emails uh, using large language models and, and get them into your inbox. Um, but it's it, it's an interesting time because uh, you know I think in in many ways one of the challenges with with uh, email uh, as a communication means especially on sales is that there's so much of it now and there's more than there's ever been and it, it's difficult to make yourself stand out as a human versus a machine and the AI stuff is only going to make that worse it's not really going to make it better um, and so you know part of what we're trying to figure out is how do we deliver some of this functionality in a way that 
Um, we're really still putting personalization first. Like we, we tend to not be the tool that you use when you're trying to take an absolute machine gun um, to the market. You know, we're, we're a little bit more of a, uh, uh, you know, maybe a semi-automatic or, or something like that. Uh, and so like trying to figure out how to leverage this technology for, uh, you know, to the benefit of the seller before every, before it goes completely crazy and nobody opens any email anymore because they don't believe it's from a human, um, is, a is something we're working through. I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's not necessarily that we care whether it's from a human or not. It's whether that email is providing the value or solution to the problem that I have. And I think that's what's really going to make me want to open that that uh, email up. Is this pro is this email going to bring value to my life or is this just trash? Because, I mean, yep. let's face it. Uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of marketing material that comes out in your email. And 99% of it you throw away except when you have a problem and you know that that company is going to be in your inbox. That's when you kind of go and look for that thing that you're looking for. So there is some value to having the constant communication there. But I, I agree with you. With the power of AI – if that content can be a lot more uh, value, bring a lot more value to that particular company, we're more likely to keep it around than, than to delete it or delegate it somewhere else. And I, and I agree with you, AI is going to make that big change. You're not going to know whether it's coming from a human or not, but you will be able to identify which companies are using those tools correctly so that they're enhancing our relationship, whether it's through AI or through our communication. Uh, yep. you're the CEO, you are the captain of the ship. You are driving this company in a particular direction. Where do you see the vision of, of yes, where, where are you taking this company, uh, in the next couple of years? Yeah, well, we were, um, we were recently acquired, um, by a company called Vendasta, um, out of Canada and, um, Vendasta is a company that, um, has built, uh, a very large platform selling to, uh, local small businesses, and the the plan is to continue to integrate Yesware into that platform to build, you know, really the uh, the best selling system, um, CRM, you know, sort of full service execution system possible for selling to small and uh, local businesses. So that that that's what we're actively working on now. That's a that's first of all, congratulations on the acquisition. That's huge. Um, I think it makes a big difference. And I think I see a lot of more companies nowadays that are kind of shifting from uh, from either the acquisition side to more of an equity play when it comes to partnering with people, taking their skill set, their technologies, and then rather than selling their company, kind of partnering and getting an equity share in these things um, because they know the value of becoming a, a strategic partner with these guys. I feel like that's kind of where you, you're kind of heading. You were acquired, but more like a strategic strategic partnership here to kind of guide this ship into a, a bigger and better place. So congratulations on that. I mean, am I hearing you correctly? Is that kind of the, the idea? Yeah, it was, you know, when we, um, when we first, uh, Vanessa was actually one of our customers. So they knew what the, they understood what Yesware could do um, from a technology standpoint. And when we looked at what our roadmap was, and we started to talk to Vendas about what their roadmap was. It actually lined up reasonably well. And so they would get some benefit from some of the things that we've done. And then we were going to get some benefit from some of the things that they were working on. And so it, it seemed like that would make a lot of sense for, you know, hopefully, you know, one plus one to equal something more than two. Well, perfect, man. I'm again, congratulations. And uh, Joel, if anybody wants to reach out, they want to get, uh, they want to start using Yesware. They want to learn more about what it is that you guys have to offer. How can they do that? 
Yeah, best word is just to go to uh, yesword.com. Uh, you can sign up for a free trial there. Um, if you want to hear more, um, you know, sales content, you can go to yesword.com slash blog. We've got, you know, we've been writing sales content for 10 years. It's all free. It's all data driven. So hopefully people get some value out of that. Um, you know, and if you like sales topics like this, uh, I've also got a podcast called The Hard Sell, which you can find on the in the normal places and uh, yesword.com forward slash podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yesware.com. It's a way to start shaping your sales technology and giving your company that extra boost to take you to that next level. If you're not ready to scale right now, you might want to be looking into software like this to kind of help set you up and put you in a position where you might take your company. Who knows? It's got 30 plus companies that have already gone public. Could be one of yours uh, next. So Joel, thank you very much for being on the show. You've been on podcasting. You have your own podcast. You've been on podcast. I have one last question, testimonial question. What was your experience like today being on the business bros? Yeah, it was great. Easy. Um, fun. Yeah. Good, good, good session. Hopefully uh, the listeners get some value out of it. I hope so too. Thank you very much for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.